Welcome to episode 12 of the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project. RJVP. It's the latest possible post-game show to Bengal Steelers. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Strangle them in the crib. <laughs> This should be a great show. We've got a lot to dive into with Bengal Steelers. A lot of passion. Anthony is on some sort of medication after having minor surgery earlier today. That could make things a little interesting. A little bit. Little 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 goofball today. Uh, had a uh, had some little plastic surgery done. I've got a I've got a neck scar from a surgery I had over a year ago that I regret having. <laughs> Uh, they told me it was necessary, and, uh, and now I, I had to go to a plastic surgeon and have him take out some scar tissue, and I, I turned down the pain meds. Oh. I don't like Vicodin. I, I, took a, uh, I had to take a Xanax. You've got to lay down on this table. They, they put a shot in your neck and then cut away. So if you have a Xanax, you can just lay there and like, kind of deal with it. If you do it without, which I did the first time, it is miserable. Um, but that pretty was pretty miserable as it is. It, it wasn't fun. Uh, and now I've got to deal with this for uh, for a few weeks. Let it heal. Uh, I do not enjoy it. Uh, but I, I I turned down the Vicodin. I do not like uh, Vicodin. I would rather be able to use the bathroom. And I don't know if you know anything about Vicodin, not much. but it blocks you up. Blocks you up. Okay. And I'm not a fan. Not a fan. So I'm, to be clear, you didn't have plastic surgery the first time around. It was a health related issue. It was a health related, and then the scar healed poorly. You're just naturally, you know, that good looking or whatever. Oh yeah, I do not. I don't touch. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't get this painting retouched. This is a this is a Sistine Chapel situation on my face that I would never have anyone mess with. But uh, throat scar. If you saw the special, if you've seen me on TV, maybe you noticed something and thought, what was that? Did someone try to cut his throat? Yes, but that's not what this is from. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I, uh, I hate, uh, hate surgeons. Well, it's a big day here in Los Angeles. Uh, the Rams are coming to town. Yeah. That's big news. I met the mayor. He was actually here on the NFL network, uh, the mayor of Los Angeles property. Yeah. He came to do an interview and, and I happened to walk by him and he says, he said he knew who I was. I don't know. Maybe he was just saying, Oh, he's a listener. He said, he said the, another guy in his car listens to, to my, my other podcast. Actually, you have another podcast. (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, I didn't know you started one since we started this. Um, I uh, I feel bad for the people of St. Louis. I got to tell you that. Yeah, um, I, I love I really St. Louis. Do. They're a great comedy town. Whenever I go there, they're, they're awesome. And I think that uh, the Rams really threw them under the bus. People in St. Louis are upset today. No one, of course, is taking it harder than Lawrence Phillips. Let's get to what was cut. That was Courtney Barnett. Uh, no hip-hop today or, or in the beginning. But that was Courtney Barnett, uh, one of the singles of the year on a lot of uh, lists. There I actually, you go. I, I know that song. I, uh, I downloaded that months ago uh, when I was going through Best Ofs. Uh, Courtney Barnett, an Australian uh, rock singer who is imp- very impressive. I'm a big fan. And that's a great song. That is a great song, Greg. Way to go. I do not regret letting you pick the music this week for once. What was cut? Uh, last week was pretty clean. We've got a, uh, a list here which would be hilarious just as a sentence. I'm going to say just the sentence I have written, which is going to have to be bleeped, and then I'll try to describe it. Uh, the sentence uh, Greg sent me, what was cut, just says, comma, head, comma, slap, comma, comma, singular, comma, in quotes. Uh, so again, that was the F word, uh, a word, for a Nixon head We'll say slap Nixon, 
Nixons, plural, <laughs> Nixon singular, and then uh, an F-bomb with an I-N-G. Um, and then we also cut an entire segment. Uh, we talked about Ragnar, the Vikings mascot, uh, released a video uh, talking about how he's switching allegiance now to, uh, the, to the Packers, uh, which I think really put them over the hump against the Vikings. <laughs> and, uh, and we had an entire thing. I'm not going to say why it got cut, but it was obvious afterwards that we needed to cut the entire thing. So apologies to Ragnar. Apologies to Cheeseheads. Uh, but we uh, we did something that that crossed a line in the eyes of R. Goodell. That's R as in Roger. Let's get to headlines. That was the Walkman. That was a song I recommended to Greg five years ago, and he loves me for it. It was like 11 or 12 years ago. You have such a bad memory. It, yes. was, it was actually the – I remember something for once. It was when we were going <laughs> to uh, Chris Nelson's wedding, which was at least a decade ago. Yes. And I remember you, you played a couple songs on the way there and just, like, cranked them up PCH or something on the way there, and uh, that always stuck with me. That is the greatest – you know, if you're if you're ever, like – in some, you know, it's a great workout sort of song, but I like, you know, when I'm driving into work on Sundays before a football Sunday, I like to listen to a couple songs that just like get you fired up or I don't know, you know, I'm an idiot like that. And that's like the number one song of that of all time. Oh, yeah. You really got your finger on the pulse of 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, headlines. We got some breaking news. We are here for a special report because Anthony lost his damn mind last week, and we need to dive in deep to Bengals-Steelers. If you know me, you know I'm a Giants-Steelers fan. So so hard I have to watch the games by myself. And luckily this week I chose out of the blue to watch the game sober. Normally it's not like I get drunk for the games, but I'll have a couple of beers. I did not. I just drank some water, sat there, relaxed, watched the game, and then lost my damn mind. Where I thank, I thank the Lord for once that I did not drink because I would still be drinking. You usually don't even believe game. in the Lord. Now you're the, thanking him. I, I don't believe in him, but I can still thank him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't believe in thanking people, but I still do it sometimes <laughs> just for the PR that I get. You know, I want people to like me. Uh, this, was a, this was a crazy game. It, it got crazy right away. You knew tensions were high going in. The Bengals and the Steelers do not like each other. A lot of injuries, a lot of back and forth before this game. People were pumped. Cincinnati was desperate as a city and it started to go wrong almost immediately. Almost right away. Even before the game, the officials are standing out in the middle of the field as if it's like the Bloods and the Crips trying to keep the two teams apart. Like Just like trying to look all mean. And then they were right because very early in the game, Reggie Nelson, the Bengals' safety, uh, got pushed out of bounds on a certain play, and he kind of ran into Mike Munchak, the offensive line coach for the Steelers, which happens all the time. Coaches get run into. And Mike Munchak, that little – or that big, big whatever he is, uh, grabbed Reggie Nelson by the hair and kind of shoved him. It was, it was pretty clear what happened, and Mike Munchak really started this whole thing, and he got a 15-yard penalty. You know, I'm on Team Munchak. Team Munchak for sure on this one. He's trying to protect his player out of bounds. All right, If you watch it, the guy is coming towards him again. He pushed him out late. I think he was mad about the stiff arm that he got in the face going out of bounds. He's coming towards the player. Munchak gets in the way, and they flagged him for pulling hair. All right, 
And in my book, pulling hair is what football is all about. We continue with this special report because Anthony lost his mind talking about Bengal or Bengals Steelers. The the action continued throughout the game after Munchak clearly started. A Hall of Fame player sullying his name. Then later <laughs> in the un- game. That is not fair. He did not start it. It was already going on. He may have exacerbated it a little bit, but you can't. That was kind of the first that was kind of the first thing to fall. And then things really ramped up uh in the second half, in the third quarter, when Ryan Shazier, an incredible player who had an incredible game, knocked out Giovanni Bernard with a big hit uh, after Bernard had a catch. Shazier was not penalized for the play. No, he was not. And I'm on Team Shazier. Shocker. If you can believe that. Giovanni Bernard turned and started to run. Okay, He wasn't a helpless receiver. And yes, Shazier could have been penalized for lowering his head and leading with the crown of the helmet. But what else was he supposed to do? Bernard has short hair, nothing to pull on. We take you back to this special report where Anthony lost his mind watching the Bengals and Steelers game. I thought the ugly moment of of the night was really when Ben Roethlisberger got knocked out of the game. And this comes from after a hit from Vontez Perfect, who uh, we'll get to later, was involved. You know, took down Roethlisberger, maybe maybe hit him a little extra. Uh, Roethlisberger injures his shoulder. Of course, uh, he's writhing on the pain, writhing on the ground in pain. Ends up getting carted off the field, and he had a beer thrown on him as he was on his way to. At the least locker. one, at least one beer. Here's here's what I'm gonna say about this. First of all, I knew this was coming. All right, and this was this was at the point that I stopped enjoying the game because when Ben is out, it doesn't matter if we win or not. We're done. We're done for the season. Landry's not taking us anywhere. That was right before. That was actually right after I texted you. Yeah, exactly. Landry, first of all, let me just say, Landry could not take the Steelers to Arby's, much less the AFC Championship <laughs> game. Landry Jones, that is. Landry Jones. That's I call him Landry because I, I was a big uh, a full. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Yes. What, what's the saying? Full hearts, big eyes can't lose. What is it? Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Is that it? Clear eyes, full hearts? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. spot on there. Clear eyes? That was th- that's why they got canceled. Okay, <laughs> Greg texts me. Every time Greg is texting me to say, hey, Steelers are looking good. You guys are going to win in a blowout. We lose the game, and we start losing as soon as he texts me. <laughs> I almost texted you back to say, like, stop this. Stop this. And then he got hurt. I, the, the play, I don't, think it was, I don't think the hit was dirty. All right? I think Ben should have gotten rid of that ball mm-hmm. before he got hit. But after he gets hit, you see a reverse angle of the play. Perfect throws a knee into that shoulder oh, yeah. after he gets up. Perfect is, is as dirty as dirty gets. Perfect is the pig pen from the peanuts of the NFL. Like He's got like a, like a, just a cloud of <laughs> dust around him wherever he goes. That is how dirty he is. And now let me talk about Ben getting a beer thrown on him. Let me talk about Cincinnati for a second. Ooh. A place I have performed in. Uh, a place I have uh, never enjoyed. Cincinnati <laughs> is Kentucky. Sure, they like to think they're a high-class elite state like Ohio, but they are Kentucky through and through. Drink your beer, you bluegrass mother <laughs> Don't be throwing it at my boy. You're Kentucky. You might not be playing in, uh, in, Cincinnati, in Cincinnati again. Uh, I'm happy not to. In, in that- Cincinnati and Baltimore, I don't need it. <laughs> I don't, you can drive to Cleveland and watch me. 
<laughs> you can the, take a bus. Well, the Bengals fans, you know, they did not cover themselves in glory by throwing the beer on Ben Roethlisberger. There were other reports uh, during that game of fans peeing on each other, which is a strange thing to have. Yeah, a guy got arrested for peeing on the guy in front of him, and there was a fight uh, waiting to get into the game between a couple people. And what I love about this, what makes me, what backs up my Kentucky theory, is that it wasn't bangle on Steeler fan crime, which I understand. You know, you're there, you're excited, you see another fan, you want to get, you get upset. It was bangle on bangle crime. They're so inbred. Wow. That they fight each other. They just don't. They don't know the difference. They don't even. They can't even recognize each other's jerseys. <laughs> Talk about dancing on another team's grave. These poor Bengals fans. They were all riled up. They had been told all week that the Steelers were a dirty team, and they were fired up. But it got so ugly in Cincinnati that the team actually had to make an announcement over the loudspeaker to get their act together, which reminded me of one of the greatest speeches and moments in yes. Cincinnati Bengals history. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They had to be reminded where they were from. That was Sam That Lynch. was like a, an amazing reaction. The crowd, just his energy. That was like Obama and Grant Park, like the <laughs> night he was elected. They went absolutely crazy. I love that was Sam Weish, of course, their former coach, uh, just laying it down. What, what an exciting time to be alive. And it gets worse. Continuing this special report of Anthony losing his mind during the Bengals and Steelers game, Vontez perfect. Really put it into another stratosphere of craziness when he knocked out Antonio Brown, one of the costliest, dumbest penalties in NFL history. The Steelers were very likely going to lose that game with 18 seconds left and no timeout, and it, it kick-started a couple penalties that moved the ball forward. Uh, Adam Jones, of course, uh, also penalized on that play. Perfect, you know, he... he it was such a late hit. It was very obviously a late hit. You could debate whether he's definitely going for his head, uh, but Adam Jones then loses his mind on Instagram, loses his mind on the field for going after Joey Porter. Well, let's start Let's start with Burfecht, all right? Because Th- that hit was pure stupidity. The only thing that would have been dumber is if Burfecht had caused a safety. Remember when he intercepted Landry Jones and then, and then ran it back through his own end zone into the tunnel? Yeah. If that had been a safety, if that had been a safety, it would have been, more in- it would have been a more intelligent football move than his hit in Antonio Brown. And, and to everyone online who made a joke about how perfect rhymes with perfect, that is not a good joke. <laughs> now, for Adam Jones losing his mind on Instagram, this I actually really like. I've got no problem with this. Play, play the clip of Adam Jones. He deleted this off Instagram, but play, play what he deleted. Ref did a horrible job. You got Jerry Porter in the middle of the field talking to everybody, and then when somebody say something to him, he don't even supposed to be on the field. Now, this is great. I've got no problem with this. You know, you lose a game like that. You know, it's not just posting to Instagram. Here's what he's doing. You lose a game. You want to sit in your car by yourself, hold your phone in front of your face, and <laughs> yell at it for a few minutes. Plus, he's got that long hair. Team Pac-Man. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Let's play. He, what was it? Ten minutes later? Yeah. like so, Ten minutes after this happened. By the way, he refused to speak to the media. He immediately got out of the stadium. I've never seen anything like this happen so fast. I was writing, you know, the post game 
uh, after this happened. And he that Instagram was up within a half hour of the game being over. He was already in his car. So he posts that. That's up for about five or ten minutes. Everyone listens to it. He deletes it, and then he posts this. All right, I'm good now. I've had my ten minutes. <laughs> um, but I still don't believe I should have got a flag for talking to a coach that's on the field behind the huddle. That's my opinion. Now, what I wonder, because you don't really get to see what he was flagged for, but it must have been big. You know what I mean? I thought I assumed he like pushed a ref when he was trying to get to Porter. Exactly. That's exactly what the happened. The refs don't want to throw that flag. They've already thrown a flag that's potentially a game winner for the Steelers. I think he would. I think they hit a 50-yard field goal in that situation. But uh, that second flag, it must have been blatant and insane. I think he he J- Jerry Porter, as he called him, or actually Joey Porter. Made him crazy, and he just sort of jumped at him. They were already upset about Joey Porter dating back to the last time they played the Steelers in Cincinnati, and your boy Joey Porter is doing the crab walk all over the field. They're thinking, what? This is unprofessional. Why are coaches out there? And I think what ha- what happened is exactly what you said. He pushed the official. The official, from what I could see, didn't even know who pushed him, and they just like reached for the flag, started, and then turned around, and, and it's on Adam Jones because he goes crazy. I just want to know what what – sort of substances did he take in the 10 minutes between posting that first like there's no way he did not smoke between that first Instagram and the second one. Well, you know it wasn't you know it wasn't synth- synthetic marijuana cuz then he would have been posting that from the hospital. <laughs> uh, that's that's a uh, that's something we won't be able to talk about, but if you if you follow your uh, if you follow your news, you know I'm talking about the Patriots. Please. Uh, let's keep this going. Adam Jones doubled down on his craziness during the week, saying that Antonio Brown was faking it all along. On the Dan Patrick show, he says you can even see it. He was laughing at me, (laughs) and he winked. He said he winked. That's my favorite. He said Brown winked at him on the field while he's being treated for a concussion. That's your evidence? Is Pac-Man Jones a doctor? Brandon, find out for me. I'll wait. Is he a doctor? Nope. No? Are you sure? I thought for sure he was a licensed doctor. Which Bengals player am I thinking of? Anyway, the rest of my argument is all Pac-Man Jones is a doctor slash football player and is therefore non-applicable. Uh, next question. Nothing is less logical than uh, Pac-Man Jones's triple down, which he did on Inside the NFL, where he said he's only going to apologize to Antonio Brown if he misses the Steelers game. As if, as if him being in the concussion protocol. By the way, he's not practicing this week. No. He, no one's seen him. He obviously had a concussion. His eyes were rolling in the back of, back of his head. He was down. He was down and done. And the, the, the idea that Brown would appreciate this apology now would be like, oh, yeah, thank you. Now it's, we're all good. <laughs> you might just skip the game just now, to get the apology. Now that I missed the game, uh, let's get another update. As I continue to lose my mind, this is while every uh, down is up, up is down. Brown, Antonio Brown, my favorite player in the league, currently responds to this. Now, Greg, what was the response? Well, he decided to put something up on uh, Twitter and Instagram where it's him dressed uh, looking like Kanye West, essentially, but it, it's Antonio Brown with with a helmet on because one of uh, Adam Jones's many illogical things was that Antonio Brown should win a Grammy for his acting ability. He deserved a Grammy. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's Antonio Brown's head photoshopped onto Kanye West's body. Now, I love Antonio Brown more than my own godchildren by a mile. 
But that is not the perfect response as it's being built. Everyone's like, oh, Antonio Brown is the perfect response. It would have been perfect if he has put his head on Taylor Swift's body. I'd like to see that. That's hot. I'm just imagining Brown staying up until 5 a.m., screwing around with Photoshop and cackling to himself. That in itself means he's failing concussion protocol. Let's go back to Joey Porter with another update. like a serial style making the murder just breaking down everything that happened as Anthony lost his That's mind. exactly what this is. I don't know why you had to say it. Well, just to explain it. That's exactly what is going on right now. Our hero, Joey Porter, your favorite uh, coach on the Steelers, maybe other than Mike Tomlin, is facing a possible fine. Who knows? Maybe even a suspension. The NFL is looking into disciplining Joey Porter for his actions going onto the field. Which, if you look at Damashek, our boy Dave Damashek tweeted yeah. this a picture of, of the field of play when Joey Porter was on, when the flag was thrown. Half of the Bengals coaching staff is also on the field. They're not as close as Joey Porter, they don't have the balls to get that close. But Joey Porter's right there. So many coaches are on the field. That is ridiculous. I say, great. Fine him. There is no amount of money that makes it not worth it. The amount does not exist. Whatever the fine turns out to be, Porter should just pay double. Hell, he's still getting paid by the Dolphins. He can afford to run on the field during every playoff game for the rest of his life. Goodell can decide he's going to cut off Joey Porter's hands over this, and it would still be worth it. Joey is still laughing right now. Several Bengals blame Marvin Lewis after the game to our reporter, NFL.com, NFL Media's Michael Silver, who has great contacts inside that locker room. And some of the players off the record, or no, off uh, unnamed sources, I should say, but some of the players said Marvin Lewis is basically uh, running a clown college over there. And some of these players like Perfect and Adam Jones really haven't been kept in line throughout the year. You could almost see this sort of thing coming. Not even a clown college. I would say it's like a clown, like a remedial school. You know I mean, they couldn't, these, these, these clowns couldn't get into clown college. That's how ridiculous it is. Marvin Lewis, during, the, during this meltdown at the end, he looked like a guy whose wife had had too much to drink, and she's starting a fight with the whole bar, but he's not going to say anything because he's got to live with her. And he'd rather the entire bar hate his guts than have to live with an angry wife. It, it's almost commendable. But now let me tell you about the difference between Marvin Lewis and Mike Tomlin. This is a play we have not talked about, okay. which was William Gay getting, uh, getting penalized for celebrating a touchdown that did not exist. All right, <laughs> it's, It gets totally lost in the shuffle here, but it's an important piece of athleticism. Pittsburgh's William Gay picks up what he thinks is a fumble, scores what he thinks is a touchdown, and does the same dance that he got penalized for the last time they played the Bengals, the exact same dance, knowing what's going to happen. Even after they called back the touchdown, and said it didn't count, William Gay has no remorse, no regrets. Now, here's the difference, Greg. When Marvin Lewis's players get out of hand, they start fights. Mike Tomlin's players get out of hand, there's too much dancing. Team Tomlin, Team Gay, Team Footloose. That was Antonio Brown. Wow. One of his Grammy winning hits. Yeah. Right now we are out of the uh the commercially licensed 
uh, music. We can only play two of those per show if you're new to the show. And now we're into NFL licensed music, and that includes any music played, you know, by players, of course, like Antonio Brown. Hey, by the way, Antonio, it's not hip hop just if you just say the word hip hop over and over. Uh, kind of is, kind of is. Uh... I want to say one last thing about the Steelers game. It was it was um, it was unpleasant to watch. Wow. I, uh, for a long time, I just wanted it to be over. After after Ben got hurt, I didn't even care if the Steelers won. I just needed the Bengals to lose. Do you know what I mean? I just well, didn't want them to have any the satisfaction. There. I didn't want them to have any satisfaction. Like I would have been upset if the Steelers had lost, but not to the Bengals. So at the end there, I, it was just it was just like the clouds had opened up, and God said, Anthony, you're right. I don't exist, and here's a win. Here's a win for you. <laughs> I went to go look and find your uh, your text after the game. You're right. You said uh, it swears, and then you said I didn't even enjoy that. Didn't enjoy it. That the most Bengals thing ever. It was. It was. The, it was the most Bengals thing ever. It was the most Bengals way to lose a game. Watching Bengals fans crying was uh, was was very was very pleasant to me. I uh, God, I I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. It feels wrong for you know Steelers fans who act like they've had. So, you know, Damashek always talks about how how many tough losses the Steelers have over the years. Try being a Bengals fan. They haven't won a game in 26 years. That's an excruciating ways to lose. Some teams with a lot lot of bad history lost this week. The Minnesota Vikings, of course, who have made it to the playoffs 20 times since their last Super Bowl. They're like Bengals fans, just sad. Give them a little bit of hope. Uh, they, of course, lost on what is now one of the most famous field goal misses in NFL history. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left. And the Seattle Seahawks are off to Charlotte. Oh, that was so devastating that Richard Sherman looked like he had made it. Do you know what I mean? Richard Sherman is on the ground like he can't believe it. Like he, like he just lost a child. It was uh that was that was pretty devastating. It was tough. But Blair Walsh, the kicker, one of the best kickers in the league, that was the shortest kick to ever uh a shortest do or die kick to ever lose a playoff game in NFL history. And he did a good job with the media afterwards. He talked and was very professional, answered all the questions, put it all on himself. Reports after that, though, after he was kind of done with the media and everyone walked away, is that he broke down crying uh, in the arms of, you know, his teammates trying to console him. Uh, really like a kicker's nightmare. Kicker's nightmare, but you know what? He, he acted, Walsh acted exactly how kickers should behave. I know I give a, a quarterbacks a lot of guff on this said program. said you were mad at Eli for crying. Yeah, I, I get mad when quarterbacks don't act like quarterbacks, when they're not like cocky. You know, when they, when, they, when they say things they shouldn't say. But this is exactly how a kicker should behave. Walsh should be in Canton. <laughs> For this, and his bronze bust should be of him crying. I think that would be that would be perfect. Edited because Greg broke down crying. <laughs> that was me. That was me uh, watching the end of that Bengals game. That was me at the very end. I just, you know, I hit record on my cell phone and just, uh, I was inspired, and I dropped, uh, I dropped a track. Uh, what's next, Greg? That was aggressively awful. Uh, mm-hmm. That music mm-hmm. that you created and uh, Robert Griffin the third this week did something that was much more pa- passive aggressive. Uh, his final game in Washington came 
you know, with a whimper. He was on the sidelines again, inactive for the Redskins playoff game. I mean, sorry to interrupt. He hasn't played all year, right? He hasn't, he hasn't right. touched the field. He has not played. He was active for one or two games for some reason, but he never played at all. He's always been the third string quarterback this year. He kept his mouth shut for the most part throughout the year and just kind of went about his business as your boy Kirk Cousins made himself a lot of money. And so RG3, you know, it was like at one point, this is a guy who had books written about him and people thought was the future of the league in Washington. And it all uh, just did not work out for him. They kept him on the team for some reason all season long, really for no purpose. And he left a couple things in his locker afterwards. You know, people watched. He cleaned out his locker and he left two different uh, messages in his locker. Uh, you know, one kind of this this talk about uh, all the things that he can do. And then and then another one, really, I think it was a message towards the media and, and towards everyone in the world. He wanted to send a message. Well, didn't he have a, he had a Bible verse? Yeah, that's uh, what it was. He had, the, he had a, the Bible verse that like a man should not lay down with another man. He left that up there. That was in there <laughs> for sure. And then, uh, in the most passive aggressive way, he left. He left like an. In- I, I didn't. I actually didn't realize that was a Bible verse. Yeah, that'll shock you. Never read the Bible. You're kidding. No, you're kidding. You know, you're not going to believe this. Uh, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Uh, but although I do steal one from every hotel room I stay in, um, <laughs> this note. This is why. I talk about quarterbacks should behave like quarterbacks. This is not the way quarterbacks should behave. And this is why Robert Griffin III is the most embarrassing Subway spokesperson of all time. Let me read this note. Brandon, give me some. You're sure? There's been a lot of Subway spokespersons. Nope. It's, it's, uh, Michael Strahan was go, up there. Strahan was great. Strahan was great, a great spokesperson. RG3 is one of the worst. And right below him, Michael Phelps embarrassed himself horribly with that, with that bong incident. And then, uh, and then Jared. Jared from Subway. Uh, who I still could redeem himself. He's still a young guy. You don't know what's going to happen when he gets out of prison. Uh, maybe I'll start eating Subway again. We'll see. We'll see. But let me let me read this note, Brandon. Give me some inspirational music. Yeah, I, I saw this note and I immediately thought we need a we need a dramatic reading from Anthony Jeselnik. Let's do it. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you were kind. People may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What, what you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it's between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. This should come with a picture of a cat hanging from a tree by a noose. That was Antonio Brown, Grammy winner. Antonio Brown. Uh, I also, wanted, when I was reading that, I, I raised my voice for certain aspects of it. That's because it was in all caps. And I read it the way RG3 intended. All caps. The bigger letters. I mean, he really spelled it out for you. Yeah, he was I'm not still subtle. trying to figure out that noose with a cat thing. Do you don't get the joke? You know the poster where it's like, hang in there, and it's like an inspirational poster with like a cat hanging from a tree by its claws. This is a cat hanging from a tree as if it's been lynched. 
in some way, which is how a lot of cats meet their maker. <laughs> Nine lives? I don't think so, and I can prove it. <laughs> really helped out that joke by having you explain it afterwards. I helped you out, yeah? not the joke. I'm saying the joke I was solid. Airbud. Brandon, don't even mess with me today. Don't even mess with me with that. Speaking of uh, <laughs> pets that met untimely endings, uh, poor Airbud. What happened? No. <laughs> Didn't the original, die, well, the original died. Right. The original died from cancer, but that's not untimely. That, that was right on time. <laughs> Bill Belichick this week is he lived a, but Air Bud lived a great life. Air Bud was like the Bowie of dogs. You know what I mean? He died at 69. He, Bowie had a great life. Air Bud had a great life. Just as inspirational, each of them, and both really made their mark on the, uh, the canvas of, of life. Touchdown, Air Bud. Bill Belichick mm-hmm. showed up to his press conference on Tuesday with a mysterious black eye. Not a good uh, week, really, for the Patriots between uh, the incident you alluded to earlier with Chandler Jones. And now, uh, strange black eye. He did not explain it. He said uh, the league does not – he joked uh, the league does not require us to put coaches on their injury report. There's a little bit of that Belichick humor. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's a hilarious guy. Hilarious guy. (laughs) He actually walked through the – locker room on Wednesday with boxing gloves on. So I guess that was continuing the joke, or maybe he was trying to make people think that that he got the black eye from training. Maybe he's doing some boxing training. I'm a, I'm a believer in Bill Belichick that he would never have anything strange going on in his life that would lead to a black eye, so I choose to believe he was boxing. Uh, I actually know what happened, uh, but the first rule is you don't talk about it, and the second rule is you don't talk about it. Was that a duet? Did we find a third version of 59 Damn Miles right it was. How many are there? I think that's it, unfortunately. Well, that might be it. Okay, well, I think now we're going to inspire people to create their own version. Uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. And if Antonio Brown wants that second Grammy, he knows what train to jump on. The train that's 59 miles away from Jacksonville. Thank you to uh, the listeners that sent me some Google Maps 59 miles from What are you thanking them for? That's that's bare minimum. You would said if you're 59 miles from Jacksonville, you want to take a picture of the sign. Yeah. That's something. Well, we're not that, se- I would have thanked them. We're not sending them the Google book Maffet. from my uncle until we get the actual sign. But it was something. Well, your uncle better send them something, though. It doesn't have to be that book. But your uncle better get to the uh, better get to the post office, drop some packages. So before uh, Anthony's medication wears off even more, <laughs> this is clearly happening during this show. We should uh, we should talk about Tom Brady, who uh, revealed this week uh, a few things. Uh, he's never drank coffee in his life, which seems bizarre to me. Never even tried it once as a kid, as if it's some sort of illicit drug. He's a big uh, he's a big coke guy. He's a big coke guy. <laughs> Okay. And we also learned from some of his teammates and ex-teammates about an intense ritual that he goes through with his receivers. He, he has them prepare in many different ways, every possibility, and one of them is to stare directly into the sun during practice so that he can try to catch passes into the sun in case that ever happens in a game. Which is hilarious. It's, a, it's such an awful thing to do, just to be, stare into the sun. Look into the sun right now, all my receivers. Look at it. Look at that big ball. Look at that giant star. Stare into it. And that's it, not good for you. It's not going to help you in the game. It's just going to hurt your eyes. Never knew you had such a great Tom Brady impression. Julian Edelman. Edelman? Ed- Julian, Julian Edelman said that when he wakes up every morning, Tom Brady is by his bedside there to throw a handful of sand in his face. Just in case it happens in the game. 
every single morning. He doesn't even know he doesn't even know how we got a key. That's weird. Danny Amendola said that Tom Brady walks around with a mouthful of bleach, ready to spit the second a receiver isn't paying attention. Spit it right into their eyes. That's why Amendola has a glass eye, because he wants to be the best. <laughs> Is that the Adams Family theme song? Who comes in with a tuba to start? Nobody. What was that? It was Curse of the Mummy. Curse of the Mummy. I was yeah. close. I was yeah. close to that Adams Family thing. Is that a real song, Curse of the Mummy? Not sure. Possibly. Did you get that off a Halloween soundtrack? This yeah. is all. This is all the NFL-sponsored, approved music, Anthony. Because they would, won't let us play the the real stuff. I wish there was like a Shazam that you could find out when the NFL used it. Like if you if you Shazam that, and it would be like, oh, they actually used this on Halloween when they were talking about. Uh, a concussion. <laughs> I could see it, one of those NFL films, you know, Halloween Follies. Some crazy people dressed up in in St. Louis or New Orleans or whatnot. There's no football in St. Louis anymore. Halloween Follies. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite uh, NFL Network shows. But this is one of your favorite parts of this. Is my this is my this is the reason I do the podcast. It's time for a segment we do every single week, everybody. It's time for Who's, Who's Had, had sex? sex. Oh yeah. According to Us Weekly, despite undergoing a vasectomy, New York Jets cornerback Antonio Cromartie is expecting twins this summer with wife Tarika Cromartie, defying odds that suggest the male sterilization procedure has roughly a 99% effectiveness rate. And you know what that means. They had sex! Uh, That gets me in the studio every single week. Love it. Now... Let's take it to Recommendation Station. Oh. I've been very naughty. <laughs> that, of course, was Tarika Cromartie, Antonio Cromartie's wife. Uh, I can't believe that's part of the NFL uh, broadcasting. I, whatever they spent for that was worth it. It was it was well worth it. Uh, that money they're getting from this new LA LA team is uh, is going straight into more songs like that. Recommendation station, Greg. Uh, you kind of redeemed yourself last week after the humiliation of two weeks ago. What um, are you talking about? When you recommended um, the Diary of Anne Frank. If one extra person listen, reads that book because of me, I'll I'll feel like it's worth it. It's Maybe incredible. if they're if they're in the third grade, they will. You may as well have recommended My Side of the Mountain. You my may as well have recommended a Hardy Boys case files. My Antonia. to our to our listeners. Uh, what what uh, what do you got? Let me. Let, you you recommend Romeo and Juliet this week? What's, I'm, uh, I'm going to go docket. No, I think we should go back to books because you know I'm a big reader. Not enough people seem like they're really talking or getting into books these days. So you can get movie recommendations anywhere. I'm going to go with one I recommend to people that I feel like is a safe one in terms of being a crowd pleaser. Donna Tart, The Secret History. If you know Donna Tart, you know, Goldfinch was a big book a couple years ago, but even better, her first book, The Secret History, you know, if you don't like that book, I don't think you like reading. The that's secret, all I'm saying. That's a, that's a great, secret, secret History is a great book. I don't think it's as good as as The Goldfinch. The Goldfinch is amazing. I, I disagree. I love them both. So. They're, they're both amazing. It, it's, it's, it's tough to compare the two. College Roommates with Your Boy. 
Yes, uh, she went to school with Brett Easton Ellis. When I was in, uh, when I took a creative writing class from our boy Professor Cooley, we both took a creative writing class, not together at Tulane, but separately. Uh, I was I was clearly a Brett Easton Ellis disciple, and everything I wrote was just like a Brett Easton Ellis knockoff, and everybody hated it. They were like, you shouldn't try to write like this guy. If you want to write, uh, read The Secret History, read Donna Tartt. She's kind of similar to Ellis, but I, I think, not. I wouldn't say a better writer, but a more descriptive, less of a minimalist than Ellis is. I think she's a better uh, writer. I mean, Brady, I like Brady and Ellis, too. Not as much as I do. But they were – I mean, you've you've gotten to live out a dream here. You've you've met Brett Easton Ellis now. You've mm-hmm. been on his podcast. Met him a couple times full, on his podcast. Full circle. Uh, I met him once, and it was cool. And then I met him a second time on his podcast, which was great because that time he had to be nice to me. Uh, my recommendation – I'll recommend a book. This is a great book that I recommend a lot to people. You know in the way that someone once told you, I think, that the book Moneyball – was the best book about sports and business that's ever been written. It's a great book if you've ever read Moneyball. My recommendation is one of the best books about business and hip-hop I've ever read. It's called The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip-Hop by Dan Charkis. It's a, it, it starts almost like when hip-hop started. And, and, and these hip-hop became big because people started to make money off of it. No one believed in hip-hop. They thought it was a fad. And then people started to invest in it and invest their time and their money. And it kind of went from, from just people DJing at parties all the way to these, these moguls. Today, like you've got guys like 50 Cent who make more, more of their money on vitamin water than they do on actual music. Uh, they talk about how a Sprite was actually a huge thing for commercializing hip-hop. Remember those old Sprite commercials? No. Where they would use old kind of hip-hop guys. They would bring in. De La Soul? Uh, they got very hip. hip. I think De La Soul did one of them. But they, they got a lot of DJs in there. The, uh, the, the Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip-Hop, a great read. You'll fly through it, and it's very informative and, and really makes you respect uh, how far hip-hop has come and what they had to do to get there. So that was Recommendation Station. When I first saw you was like my dreams had all come true so glad i found you you make me smile when i'm with you that was roger goodell that was that wow. was that was that was the one time he used autotune he i remember he used autotune he said anthony what do you think of this I said roger you don't need it you don't need the autotune let the other people have that your voice sounds good just as is greg that reminds me of something if i can bring this up uh, I want to go back to. I want to go back to uh, that song talked about smiling, and I actually got an email from Heinz Ward last week. Really? Yes, I got an email saying, you know, uh, we had talked earlier. If you listen to the podcast, I think it was the first episode we might have talked about Heinz Ward. First or second? First or second. It w- once we started doing the podcast, people from the NFL started reaching out to me to do certain things, and I, I've always said no. I say, of course, I would never do that. But Heinz Ward reached out saying he's going to start a podcast. I want you to be a part of it. And I said, absolutely. He's my favorite player, uh, non-active, that I, that, that I absolutely loved him. And so on, Friday, on Thursday, I get an email saying, okay, uh, they had asked me to do the podcast. I said, of course, he's my favorite player. And then I never heard anything. On Thursday, I get an email saying, okay, uh, can you do it tomorrow at 9 a.m. or Monday at 10 a.m.? I'm like, this is insane. That's way too early for me. Where do I have to go? Where am I going to do this? They say, no, it's in New York. Uh, so you're, just, you're calling in. And I say, okay, well, this is weird because if I'm doing it on Friday, it's a much different podcast than Monday. Friday is we're talking about the game. Yeah. Monday is what if we lose the game? It's going to be a depressing thing. And when does this air? I don't want to do one Friday and then have it come out the next week. And people are like, why, like, why is he talking about the game as if it hasn't already happened? Very demanding. So I, but I just want to know. I want to be informed before I make a decision. They get back to me and they say, it's not a current event podcast and we don't talk about football. 
Do you know what Heinz Ward? What Heinz Ward's podcast is called? It hasn't premiered yet. It's called Smiling Through Adversity. <laughs> and he'll ask me about a time that I faced adversity in my life and how I got through it. And I was like, Oh my god! Only for Heinz Ward, why not? Why not delete this email and never talk to anyone again? I said, oh, I will do this. I can talk about how I got into stand up and the adversity you faced. You're actually gonna out. do it, I, of course, only because of Heinz Ward. But I said, Okay, you know what? I'll do it Friday morning. I'll talk about stand up. I made some notes about like things that I learned, kind of getting kicked in the teeth early on the first couple of years of, of being a stand up comedian, which is very difficult. Uh, the things that I've overcome, uh, it's amazing my life. But uh, but then they then they rescheduled. They said uh, we're gonna. Do it some other time. So we'll see if he listens to this, which I assume he does. And uh, no so one has still. smiled less through adversity than you. No, I've uh, gritted teeth, gritted teeth through adversity, but I'm smiling now. Yeah, when you're successful, then you're smiling to let everyone know. Yeah, everyone know you doubted me. I'll kill you. But Heinz Ward smiled a lot. Uh, but smiling through adversity is like the last thing I would ever, that I would ever name. That is, uh, you would really only do that for, for a sports legend. And uh, not only any sports legend, just yeah, just this guy. Ask Anthony this week. We got two Ooh. different Twitter questions that one of them was to me and one of them was to you, and yet they were the exact same question, and they were phrased the same way, which was strange. And they said, serious question, what is the best way to approach Anthony Jeselnik? And then the other one was a uh, serious question, what's the best way to approach Greg Rosenthal, which seems like a strange question. Like, approach, from, like approach us in public? Kind approach of us in public, so if you, yes. If you see one of us out, what's yes. the best way to approach and this was it. from Michael Hendel and uh, Nick Heaton were the two guys uh, that sent these two separate tweets. Okay, so one guy was asking me like a legit question. One guy was like being polite to you. (laughs) Pretty much. You've been recognized, haven't you? Very rarely in Los Angeles. You're on the NFL Network, which the viewer, I mean, it's it's like. You said you saw me when you were working out in the gym the other day. Yeah, I did. I I watched the NFL Network. Uh, It's me. NFL Network, it's huge ratings. It's like the last season of Friends every day. Uh, every episode, so you get you get it a lot. Um, uh, I don't get it ever, almost, but it's happened a couple times in Los Angeles, including when we were at the movies last weekend. Uh, someone someone recognized me. I don't care how you come up to me. Just talk. it's a stupid question to ask me. What Anything's are, what, great. I'm great. I'm happy. They talk about football. Hey, yo, you know they talk about the podcast. Ask me some football questions. It used to happen a little more in New York. I used to have a fantasy web show that people seem to like they, they recognize me from that so they walk up and say hey you're greg rosenthal hey, they're like, hey you're greg rosenthal i love i watch love watching that show with do they ask whoever. who you like are you greg rosenthal it's like you're greg rosenthal what do you think about the games this week yeah they they they're like hey you're greg rosenthal you're greg rosenthal wow that's great i was i was uh i'm excited because emica is usually with me and uh and i'm just like see see what i do i matter Maybe treat me with some respect. <laughs> Did she believe you? She's roll her eyes. Yeah, no, she's not too impressed. No, um, I get people. People recognize me sometimes, and there, there, there's a good way and a bad way to do it. I'll, okay. I'll yeah, that. I don't really know. I'm saying this yeah. has happened um, less than ten times in my life. Sometimes people walk up and they're just like, "Hey, you're awesome. Love your comedy. Keep moving. That's always great. That's always appreciated." Like, don't bother me and I'll kind of have it together like if you come up and you're like hey Anthony uh, I do a, a podcast and I would love like leave me alone okay there, there are channels you go through I pay people to get in between me and things like that there's like you don't just come up to me and ask me to do your show or do your podcast you, you call my, my manager my publicist and do those things I, I don't want anything to do with it so that, that I don't like I also don't like if someone like comes up and they just start thinking of things in the moment you know like I'm a big fan uh can I get a picture? Um, what about, uh, can you, would you uh, record a message on my phone? None of that. If you want a picture, have your phone ready. Have someone ready to take it or just take a quick selfie and go. Don't double check to make sure the selfie's good. I don't care if my eyes are closed. 
I'm never going to see this. It doesn't matter to me. But the people who just walk up and like, Anthony, love your comedy. You're great. Move on. Those are my favorites. Mm. Show your appreciation and just keep going. You're cool. I'm cool. Let's all be cool. It took a while for Brandon to learn this approach with you. Yeah, Brandon still isn't sure. Brandon's, Brandon's or to learn how to go through your publicist. Brandon's like, oh, he's talking about me. Brandon, what do you Brad. do when, uh, like, after you've uh, after you're done coaching uh, coaching the Lake Valley uh, Lake Valley women's volleyball team, and people are like, oh, hey, that was a great job. <laughs> Tell him to set spike bump. Uh, can I t- can I get a picture? What do you, how do you handle it? Yeah, I do it because I'm a nice person to the fans. Oh wow, that's an indirect shot at you. You'll sign autographs all night long. It just it gets boring for me. No, I, I, I appreciate my fans, and if you rec- if you're like Anthony, I'm a comedy fan. I'll do whatever you want. I like your comedy. I, my favorite joke is this. I loved your last special, uh, Thoughts and Prayers, on Netflix right now. But if you're like, hey, I recognize that guy. Uh, who are you? Yeah, that's terrible. When people I come up imagine. and say, who are, me? who are you? I just walk away. Because then I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to sit here and like run through the things you may have seen me on. They're countless. My accomplishments are legion. By the way, while we're talking about your uh, announcing of uh, Mountain Valley basketball, don't you know you don't need to tweet out all the updates from Mountain Valley literally with two minutes left in the Steelers-Bengals game, Brandon. I'm not paying attention to how much time no, left gonna in the get game. Mute. People are not waiting score. to find out that Mountain Valley lost by 17. People are waiting to see what the final score is. And there. why are you even tweeting while you're announcing? Shouldn't you be announcing? People no, rely on you, ended. Brandon. The game had ended. People rely on you. I know they rely on me. Our listener of the week on iTunes this week is Flip Fan. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, the, the title of it is Sit Back and Enjoy the Ride. And the uh, the comment here is sit back, uh, uh, and enjoy the ride. Sit back, uh, and enjoy the ride. Sit back, uh, and enjoy the ride. Sit back, uh, ha! Sit back, <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy the ride. Five out of five stars. Thank you, Flip Fan. I don't get the reference. What's that from? Sit back, enjoy the ride. Sit back, enjoy the ride. Sit back, enjoy the ride. Sit back. That was Roger Goodell. Um, you know what? I'll, t- I'll, I'll amend my answer. If you come up to me and play that song, <laughs> I'll, I'll go home with you. I'll do whatever you want. Uh, I'll go home. I'll paint your house. You play that song for me. What's our hot take of the week, Greg? I know we got one. Hot take of the week is from Mike Ditka this week. Mike Ditka. It, and it comes from a good article on Deadspin who I think has noticed a lot of the Adrian Peterson redemption campaign that they say that a lot of – interviewers are really skirting past what happened with Adrian Peterson beating his child last year, which kept him away from the game and really kind of making him out to be, I don't know about a hero, but that he's been redeemed and that he's learned his lesson. And part of this is usually to minimize what Adrian Peterson did. Even though, even, uh, even though the Adrian Peterson has never admitted to doing anything wrong. He thinks what he did was fine. He thinks he's pretty much, he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. People got upset, but he's not, he does not seem like he's uh like he's too remorseful. Right. He he did admit to police though that he damaged his child's scrotum, for instance, uh, and his child feared being punched in the face. Uh, were were a couple of things. But Mike Ditka openly endorsed endorsed child abuse and said he never had a problem with Peterson beating his kids. Uh, and then he said, I, "I don't have a problem with Adrian Peterson." And he also explained his own father subjected him to abuse. That's Mike Ditka's father. And the former Bears coach thanks God every day that he did. That is a hot take. That is a hot take that Ditka would admit that he thanks God every day that his dad beat him. And I'm not religious, as I've stated many, many times uh, on this program and to my own father. I'm not religious, but I also thank God every day that Mike Ditka's dad beat him. 
That was David Bowie. People wonder why do you why do people love David Bowie so much? It's that song right there. That was a uh, that was a great one from the Thin White Duke. It's time for predictions. It's time for predictions. Uh, I have not repeated a segment yet on uh, predictions. You uh, proudly mention that every week. Exactly. I mean, they're all pretty much exactly the same, but I've never repeated uh, what I couched them in. And this one is called It's the Playoffs, <laughs> where everything changes. Okay. You know, it's a completely different game almost, different rules, different everything, different ball, different helmets, <laughs> different teams. Everything is, everything is amped up. 120 degrees Celsius. Mm. So, Greg, why don't you give me a prediction, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong, because it's the playoffs. It is the playoffs, and I'm going to predict that the New England Patriots, let's just go in chronological order how these divisional round games line up. Best weekend of the year if you're a football fan, I think. Eight great teams, just wall-to-wall football. Patriots going to take care of business against the Kansas City Chiefs. Very good defense in Kansas City. Have a lot of respect for them. But it's the best Patriots defense in over a decade. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Tom Brady gets hit a lot. New England wins 17-13. to Oh, you gave me the score. Uh, a lot of people are picking the Pats over the Chiefs. But if Germany can make Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler a national bestseller in 2016, then dreams can come true. See, Casey wins in a squeaker. Kansas City wins. It's awful. It's true. Did you know, did you know that? Mein Kampf came back, and it's a. It's I do know that. Sold out immediately. Bestseller in Germany. Oh. Which is no no reason to be concerned, but it's a bestseller in Germany in 2016. The Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers play on Saturday night. You would like to see a good game in prime time. I don't think there's going to be one. I've been telling you, I've been telling all the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project listeners, RGVP. That the Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl this year, and they're going to start it with a beatdown of Green Bay. Another one. They just did it. Take them out, 35-10. to 10, Given scores this week. <laughs> uh, Arizona has home field advantage, and they're going to need it to keep this game close. If I had my way, Muslims wouldn't be allowed to leave America. We need them. Green Bay in the upset of the year. <laughs> bold, bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, Seattle and Carolina, game of the weekend. Game of the season, as far as I'm concerned. I think these are two of the three best teams in the entire league, and they're stuck facing off in the divisional round. Maybe this is the Manning-Brady of the next generation. Russell Wilson-Cam, there's a hot take. Sixth or fifth or sixth time they've played already in their young career, and I think that Seattle's going to take it. I just think the way the defense is playing right now, <laughs> you're laughing at your hand signals. Uh, this is the podcast, but you're all hyped. Seattle... I hate to do it because I, I love the Panthers. I'd love to see them in the Super Bowl. I'm sick of the Seahawks, but I, I just think the way the Seahawks are playing on offense right now, they're going to win. Do you have a score? High-scoring game, 30-27. to Going to surprise a lot of people. You clearly just made that up at the top of your head, but that's why you work here. Seattle has been to the Super Bowl the last two years, but this is the playoffs. <laughs> Edited for We Can Be Heroes Just For One Day. What, you don't you disagree? Carolina wins big at home. Steelers and Broncos wrap up the weekend. That means uh, your Steelers will be one of the final five teams alive if you wanted to really look at it positively. That, yeah, that's how I look at things, is positively and like an idiot. Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, not <laughs> certain they're going to play this game. They're not really the Steelers without him. 
And so I'm going to take the Broncos in a close game, 27-26. Pittsburgh's look, Pittsburgh does look like they'll be without their three best players on offense. We forget about uh, we forget about our running back, our boy. D'Angelo. Uh, D'Angelo. And Denver is playing like they have something to prove. But if women can run for, for president, then equal pay seems like overkill to me. Pittsburgh wins in a f- blowout. That was Goodell. That was Roger Goodell uh, just kind of just screwing around in the booth a little bit. He's a, he's a heavy metal guy. He plays a little everything, but he's metal through and through. Metal through and through. Who's the, who's the ESPN analyst who has the rat tail? John Clayton. John Clayton. He's like – Roger Goodell also has a rat tail, but he kind of – it's a clip-on. <laughs> it's a clip-on that he wears just when he's not, when he's not, uh, when he's not in the owner's box. That, that explains his relationship with Clayton. Edited because Jesselnick lost his damn mind. So now, uh, Greg, before. <laughs> Way to end the show, boys. Way to end the show. We're not over yet, Brandon. Don't don't put that nail in the coffin. I'm going to do it. Uh, Greg, uh, before we go, I want to ask about my godkids, uh, Ellis and Walker. It was Walker's first birthday yesterday. Birthday number one. Um, you had told me earlier that you thought his birthday was either on January 11th or January Stop. 12th. And it was January 12th. I texted you on his birthday. Uh, got him a, I got him a bulldozer, a little bulldozer Did. toy, which he really enjoys. Tell me, uh, tell me what that birthday party was like. Yeah, you weren't there, so you wouldn't know. You know, we asked his godfather to come on over. I was, I was prepping for surgery, but tell me, tell me, tell me a little bit. Just tell me about what's going on with their lives. Well, it was cool. Aunt Emika made a cake, and when we were walking over with the cake. <laughs> What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here with Move the Sticks. Bucky, tell everybody what's on today's show. We're going to talk about the top prospects from the college football playoff national championship game. Also, we're going to preview the divisional round. And you can check that out on NFL.com slash podcast, iTunes, or on the NFL channel on YouTube.